What's up? Welcome back to season three of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me, I got my core team with me today. <laughs> that was a no. We are with you. That sentence was real better. The way I uh, my co host today, I got Matthew Aguilar, as always. What's up, everybody? Janelle Wheeler's over there. Hey, guys. <laughs> and back for another second round knockout. And also because we could not fill this spot, Mr. Jim Viscardi. Wow. wow. No, wow. he was our first okay. choice. <laughs> yes, wow. yes, he was. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I even Jim put and- myself out there as a volunteer. I said, if you need me, I will be there for you. I volunteer to support you. I'll be there for you. There you go, Matt. You're welcome. Well, we had Jim because our video game team is busy, and so he's going to come in and weigh in with some fight expertise, some game expertise, as we get into the first look preview of the new Mortal Kombat movie. Now, you guys know it's a proud tradition on this podcast that we always drop episodes right before big things happen. So uh, (laughs) Mortal Kombat has a trailer coming out. So today... We're going to tell you about the first look, the teases that we've seen, the new character posters, and I'm going to play out my own future trailer reaction for tomorrow, just so you guys can uh, can have that. <laughs> In addition to all of that, we are going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer as well. That drop, we got to get into everything we've seen from that, everything we've learned since that came out. We also got a new trailer for Disney's Cruella that we're going to briefly talk about. And, of course, we got to get into those WandaVision theories once again. Now that we've seen episode six, we got to see where we are on this rabbit hole of uh, Marvel theories. Plus, new comics, because this is the Comic Book Nation podcast. So we're going to talk about some new DC Future State comics. What's going on with Batman, Catwoman? And over on the Marvel side, a crazy new throwback X-Men series. (laughs) And the latest in Venom (laughs) in Black. So we got a lot to talk about. about. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. (laughs) All right, let's start at the top with Zack Snyder Justice League. So, yay, Matt! Wow, <laughs> just, wow! It is going to be well, it's going to be a long. This is already march. so spicy of an episode. Yeah, you, we- it's going to be a long next month. But here well, we go. I don't understand where that trailer was fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, let's just get into it. So the new trailer dropped, the full trailer, um, after many, many teases for a week leading up to it. And uh, yeah, we got to see what Zack Snyder's full vision of this Justice League movie coming to HBO Max looks like. We got some key scenes. We got to see Darkseid and Granny Goodness and Desaad. We got to see Jared Leto's Joker finally in a full scene with Ben Affleck's Batman. And we basically got to see how different this movie really does look from the theatrical version that we got. So let's start with Matt, since he's keeping his spicy no. over <laughs> I was still no, I wasn't trying to do that. I know, I but I'm just curious. Like, you're still not moved by all this? Um, not yet? It's a, it, you know what? This is the, uh, what I will say is this was the coolest thing about this whole deal that I've seen so far. Like, this was actually had the most new stuff in it this had the most you know just like like oh hey it's not just a some extra things thrown on right this this felt like a complete product what i and and what i will say though is that way back when we first started talking about this i one of the things i said i don't remember if it was a quote i'm sure someone can dig up (laughs) that episode quote um but like i I was like, it's great that it's here. Now let's see if we like any of the things that were like dropped and that didn't make it to the screen or to the part two or whatever. Because it's all coming doesn't mean I'm going to like it. It just means that, oh, hey, we finally get to see it. And when I'm looking at Dark Side, who looks like Goro, if we're going to really talk about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> awesome though if if we're gonna talk about why like granny like all the things that are in here and the cool little like easter eggs don't do it for me anymore okay like that's just the thing easter eggs and like oh hey that person's a thing in a film doesn't do it for me anymore well matt i got got a we've got got a bad reality to tell you about this snyder cut thing we've gotten to the point where it's got to be I, I don't care just about a wink and a nod anymore. So the fact that I'm seeing all these characters. Got some the really time, bad news for you. Black That's suit all this Superman. Is. Black suit Superman. Great. 
He's blending like nine stories into a four-hour opus. I'm good. It looks fine. It, it I looks think, fine. <laughs> but, but I think so. I think the the problem, especially with the Snyder cut, and I'm wrong. I love this trailer, and it is. If so this was the trail, if this was the trailer for the movie that we were going to get, and you see things like Granny Goodness and the Black Suit Superman, and t- to know where that can go is what makes moments like that exciting. Now, I think being able to see some of that stuff still is pretty exciting. My concern is, is, is that all? Right, like, did he matter, just though. did he just show did he just show all of it? And so, like, there's oh no reason God. to get excited. To, to stuff as Cody oh, has said, it's the cul-de-sac <laughs> cut <laughs> of this thing. It doesn't matter. Jared Leto popping up as Joker, which, by the way, that was that was cool. Even though it like took a meme and made it re- like, oh my God, like there's so many like self-referential <laughs> things in here. But I I still like that part. I was like, hey, that that's that's cool. Uh, you know, I, it just doesn't, from all the things we've heard about and everything, it just to cut it here. Cause I don't want to get into Kofi cause I don't want it to just be negative this whole time. I will say that like, it just didn't do anything to really like sell me on why I should really give this my time. It was cool for the, however minute, two minute lasted. Cool. I've seen all I need to see. I'm really okay. Now, what I will say is that Anissa who did not make it through the original justice league. We actually tried to watch it and like 45 minutes in, she went, okay, this is boring. And like, was like, I'm done. The trailer got her hyped to watch this. I described it to her. I gave her kind of the info, the not biased info of like, Hey, look, here's what this is. And she was like, Ooh, I'm excited for that. So I, I look, I might not just be its audience, which is fine, but for me, it just it just doesn't do anything for me. I relate. I relate to her because personally, obviously, this movie, I've watched it once. Justice League, I watched one time in the theater, was not excited about it. And because of all of this Marvel content coming out, because we have all these shows to look forward to, and there's and I've been really heavily getting into comic books. You guys know this. This is because of you guys. I, I have not been excited about this at all. I've it's been there and I know I'm gonna watch it. I have to. I mean, we're all on this podcast, but <laughs> I wasn't like totally pumped about it. I was more, okay, cool. It's something to watch more content. You guys know my motto. After seeing this trailer, I finally felt the hype. I finally got it. it like I've seen all these other teasers and I was mildly entertained. This trailer actually had me pumped. Now I wasn't standing up screaming at my screen, but I was very excited about it. And that's with someone who doesn't know dark side, who doesn't know granny, like had to go, you know, look all that stuff up. Um, but just the core story of it looks so much better than the original that I am pumped. I am actually really excited about it. So I'm I mean, kind of looks, like in between. It looks like a totally different movie. It does. I will yeah. give a shout out real quick to, <laughs> Zubby McDaddy, who said, uh, "Remember when Thanos looked like Fifty Shades of Grimace?" As a great, as a great comment. <laughs> yeah, we actually have questions gonna, too. As much fun as this is, I obviously picked the wrong panel for this, so I'm going to step in and like actually weight this down for the whole fans that you know made this happen. And I am excited, hard. though. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys' enthusiasm is really infectious. But uh, you know, <laughs> taking a step further, but more like, Joker. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I am going to stick up and say, yeah, I think we should all go into this understanding, as I think a lot of the fans who fought for this do understand. I mean, it's going to be the interesting part of this whole little experiment is what happens after this is out. But this is fan service. Like, this is purely a fan service project. Which is it's the only reason this exists. So my fan service project delivering me fan service in this trailer wasn't like upsetting to me. I mean, it it is all Easter eggs. If that's not your kind of appetizer meal you want to eat, like I I get it. But um, I rewatched man of steel and Batman versus Superman ultimate edition recently, just in preparation for all this. And yeah, I got to say I side with fans. I think those movies especially man of steel has just keeps aging, gets better and better with age and kind of proves itself with age. When you remove all the internet crap that was surrounding it and all the crap about the times, I guess we were still close to nine 11 for that, for people's comfort. Now it's 2021. Oh, yeah. We're far it's enough removed. Stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we can look at the film on its yeah. own. And after seeing Zack's vision in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, the Ultimate Edition, I very much want this. And like, yeah, I want to see this Justice League and I want to be able to go through the years going forward to rewatch the actual films that Snyder was trying to put together and, and put out. Because like I said, I get more rewards out of them over time and I, I never want to see this theatrical cut of Justice League ever stand <laughs> at the end of that vision. So I'm excited as somebody who really does follow the canon Snyder that Snyder was building um, and those cuts of those films. I do really want this. And I think it is going to bring a level of just kind of completion. And it's like a breakup where you just got to go back and talk to the person and have that conversation. <laughs> right. Like we're going to, this is a breakup, but uh, yeah, we got to just put this to bed the right way. And but I like what this you looks said. like closure, but yeah, I like what you said as far as, Look, I don't have an issue with fan service. We geek about stuff with fan service in it all the time. The the difference is, as a fan, you wanted this. I did not care one bit. And by the way, I'm not the only one. Oh, no. There's a, no, there's no, a large there's contingent no, of fans out there no, who are fans yeah. of DC and the characters that just don't care. They didn't like it anyway. <laughs> they didn't like it no, over the course of three the majority movies. of people were never going to give this a chance but yes. that's yeah. not what this was about this was about the contingent of very passionate fans who yes. fought and battled for this and kind of won the day awesome. yeah we're never going to please everybody with this i'm just but preparing for I'm the saying, there's nothing stress wrong headache of inflections with, of people yes. well there there's is something wrong, wrong with those. there is something wrong and it's no, wrong with not. this entire year of movies that wb is doing it's this large democratization of movie watching. And we've discussed this like before you had to actually have a level of interest to go out to a theater, pay money and go yep. see these things. We are about to have this situation where Snyder cut comes out and there's going to be a lot. And I'm just using you as an example, Matt, I'm not faulting you, but there's going to be a lot of people who say something similar along the lines of, I don't really care about this, but as soon as it comes out, they're going to be the first ones on Twitter, just dumping their, their opinions about it all over the place. And yeah, Right. But what does that have to do with the democracy? Like, what does because one have to do if with this other? was in theaters, those people would probably not pay to go out and see Justice League to offer their opinion on the Snyder Cut. Nah, now they're know. just going to be splashing their opinions on it, even though they were never going to embrace it okay. all over but, the internet. So that, but that raises that raises a question, though. Let's say because because I'm also seeing too just amongst you know my circle of friends that are kind of outside of the the geek space that trailer got people got enough mm -hmm. people who like superhero movies excited yep. to just see another superhero movie that's my got parents Batman are in excited it. about it they're excited yeah. to see a, another movie that's got Batman in it and um but does the success of this. If it is, it will be successful regardless. I think there are, you know, the people will show up, they will watch it, but I think it's the, it's the, will this get, lar will this have larger success? And, you know, I know obviously there's the comment that it's a, you know, creative cul-de-sac or whatever the hell you want to call it. But if it's super successful, they cannot ignore that. Right? Uh, they can't yeah, just let it said, in there. Ain't gonna be no Justice League too. We know <laughs> well, that, right? I mean, I they know that they've said it. that. Yeah, but like, you never know. To be fair, they also never are say they never. Able, are they able, like? Do they spin it as just an Elseworlds thing? Like, it's not like they call it something else. We. Have, I can't imagine if this thing does record numbers, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, we're done. We'll stop here." No, there's always a way to pull up the, as a person who kind of pioneered this saying, there is always the dump truck full of money, proverbially sure. by the door, <laughs> which is right. where I started talking about that with Christian Bale and bringing him back. But I think yeah, I mean, behind the scenes, as people have pointed out in the comments, there is still a lot of shadiness around this whole thing, this whole incident yeah. about what happened to this movie, what happened with Zack and Warner Brothers, who was involved in that, the kind of bad blood, the investigations, like all of that. If I were Zack Snyder at this point, I would just want to put a cap on this and get the hell out of here and go do something else. Like, you got Army of the Dead. He is. You got He's a telling Netflix. a King Arthur yeah. tale. Yeah, and it's just like, there you go. The most, you are such a cynical accurate about the most accurate are you, King Arthur. Matt, are tale. you not? Are you not even? Dude, you saw Guy Ritchie's. Like, you saw Guy Ritchie's. I hated Arthur, Guy Ritchie's. Right? I hated yeah. Guy Ritchie. I love. <laughs> I didn't know you. Were, not, I didn't like Guy Ritchie's either. Are you not remotely interested for Army of the Dead? No. 
<laughs> you're, you're a crazy person. Now that, All right. though, what I will say on that, that actually has nothing to do with Snyder. That's not really a, a am I like a horror guy? guy? I'm not really a yeah, big horror really. or zombie guy, really, aside from Resident Evil. It's kind of the one thing that kind of sticks out there, but I'm not really that. So that really hasn't anything to do with Snyder. How dare um, you? Yeah. Wow. You were quite peppery today. All right. So that's Zack <laughs> Snyder's He asked this, he asked the question. Great. I gave him an honest answer. I know. That's, that's, that was a fair answer. Too. I'm not faulting your answer. So <laughs> also before we move on from DC, we also have the news of this constantine project or rumor rather that there's going to be a new constantine project coming out and they are kind of looking to possibly recast the the character of constantine with somebody who's kind of more of a riz ahmed and i don't know what the hell is going on with hollywood and riz ahmed like why is riz ahmed everybody's like freaking blueprint because they keep saying that everybody keeps saying well we're looking for like a riz ahmed type and it's like so i didn't know that was a thing and it happened multiple times. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I've, it's, it's, I've seen it. It's, hap- it's come it's up happened. in a few yeah. casting grids. Uh, yeah, like in the last year or so. So, yeah, it's it's weird. But anyway, this is uh, a whole thing. So they're looking to do a new Constantine project uh, on HBO Max, a new series. But they're looking to possibly reportedly recast the character as a person of color. Um someone like Riz Ahmed. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I, I love Matt Ryan's portrayal of Constantine, but like I'm okay with an, with a new one. Like if it's, you know, right. Like we've had two already. Why not, you know, just throw a third. I think it's, if the, yeah. if they're going to get the right actor for it, that's all. I mean, honestly, for me, that, that matters. I don't know if there's like Constantine's, it can be a fun character and that's, that's really it. I don't know. I mean, you'd think I'd be the one to stand up for this as like a diversity hire, but uh, I, but I don't even I'm think it's really, I don't even think it's that. I'm not really into this. I just don't even want to deal with the level of crap that this is going to probably invite. Like, yeah. like I don't feel like the UK fans are going to be super cool about this. I don't feel like the DC fans are going to be super cool about this. I'm I'm searching for the like small circle of people who are like, oh yeah, I'm super cool about this, but like <laughs> I just don't see it coming. Like it just seems yeah. like we're going to get like a whole bunch of just crap out of this i don't know <laughs> matt say something positive well, i was given such grief <laughs> for being that free after that uh what i will say is um man i'm kind of i'm kind of actually in between you guys because i i i love matt ryan's constantine like it's I, I've loved it in every form. <laughs> I don't like I, I I really identify the character, even though Keanu did it first and all that. I, I identify the character with him. Like he's just yeah. such a perfect fit. Do you really? Yeah, I, I just do. Like again, we don't it's not like we have a I mean big me sample too. size. Yeah. But we, I think you're <laughs> underestimating the love of the Keanu film. It has grown. That, yeah, those Keanu. are rose, those are rose tinted glasses of nostalgia, my friend. No, no they're not. I love Wait, him. What are you talking about? I, what are you Keanu talking about? Or, Francis right. Lawrence is a great director. Keanu is good. Rachel Weiss is an awesome actress. I will Hilda always back her in uh, every movie. Uh, <laughs> Peter Stormare is amazing. Peter Stormare is one of the greatest devil characters ever. Like, uh, I mean, Constantine was just that it movie was is a time talent. capsule. And oh man! <laughs> Who knew the spice would wow. come from? Yeah, I didn't know where the spice was coming from. <laughs> this wow! I want to set aside a whole episode just to fight about Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> but because I, because I, so I enjoy his version of the character. So I am bummed that like now he's going to have the platform the character and now he's like no no we're good we're we're done we're gonna go get somebody else so that sucks to me um but i mean as far as like you know color like i don't care like whoever like i I want the best person for the part and so if it happens to be you know not matt ryan and for whatever jj's vision is okay like it that sucks to me but i understand yeah you're all right that's Constantine. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get into this Mortal Kombat business, Disney's Cruella trailer, our WandaVision theory, and comics, and we're going to all make this fit in time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we are back, and now we are going to be talking about the new Mortal Kombat movie. We got our first look right before kind of coming in the studio to record today, 
And uh, basically what we saw are the new character posters that have been released before and a new synopsis, which will all be released before the trailer drops tomorrow. So, guys, what did you think? Jim, we brought you on to be our uh, video game expertise, Mr. <laughs> expert guy. So uh, why don't you uh, flex that muscle and tell us, what did you think of these Mortal Kombat posters? Look, I think they I think they looked really, really good. I it's it's a. I have a soft spot, right? Okay, so I just ragged on you guys for uh, for liking Constantine, but I had uh, I have a soft spot for that Mortal Kombat movie. I I just I love it, and so the idea of them do revisiting Mortal Kombat, I think initially is one of those things where everyone's like, "Oh, really?" But you know, just given what what we what we've known, what we've seen, how far filmmaking has come since that first movie, like I am. I want to be so optimistic uh, about this. And I think these posters are a great first step in helping kind of just, you know, establish the the tone and the look and the feel of the movie. We did get like first look screenshots uh, a while back that, that all look awesome. But I mean, look, Scorpion and Sub-Zero look great. Sonya Blade, Liu Kang, uh, all, all look awesome. Raiden looks great. Uh, Jax looks awesome. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's a thing where they, they've established the look. And if Warner Brothers does not give us a red band trailer tomorrow, I'm going to be real upset. Yeah, that will be very disappointing <laughs> if they don't. If they don't yeah, you got to show the fatality. Yeah. If anything, or at least I, I hope they give us they give us two, right? Like they give us the green band trailer. But if they don't give us a red band trailer, I we know the movie is rated R. But I think not coming out with the uh, red band and at least showing. Look, this is a franchise that has built its entire reputation on being hyper violent gory and uh and and all of that right so you they've got to they've got to give those fans something because there is a diehard fan base for mortal Kombat. that's what they want you need to give them a taste especially since the movie's coming out in the beginning of april so it was only a month you know it's not like we have these long theatrical windows anymore right where you get your first trailer and then you get your second trailer and then you get your story trailer and then boom 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 all the tv spots hit we only have four to six weeks to get the mortal Kombat promo in i guess that's my biggest thing about this is that it feels like an incredibly like slow rollout like i would have expected these to hit a month ago? Like, I, I, you know, I, like, well, I mean, look, that's because they didn't know if this was going to be in theaters a month ago or not. Yeah, I understand why. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, we got to let go of all that. Weird. Games don't change. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. feels very weird um, yeah. to, you know, not have like it's all happening. In very like we just got those first pieces, like those gifts and like first pieces of footage, you know, like what, two weeks ago? Yeah, really? So, um, yeah, so far, a lot of the characters look cool. Like, um, you know, Kano looks a little. Looks a little yeah. odd. Yo, I will not. I, I will not me. tolerate that Kano slander. Looks a little odd. Looks a little odd. However, what I will say, Melina actually looks cool. Melina looks great. Yeah, Melina looks really good because that again, that's that's one that can you can so easily screw up, and oh. uh, they they did well. Um, so yeah, and Ludi Lin, my boy, Ludi Lin, it looks great. So I'm, I'm excited for that. It looks good. Yeah, my favorite. This is. <laughs> You guys are going to make fun of me. This is honestly one of my top five favorite movies uh, as a kid growing up. I swear. Um, I fell in love with the movie before I even played the video game. So it's a lot to live up to for me. Um, Like I can literally quote the whole movie. I saw it five times in the theater as a kid. And four of those times were in the dollar theater. But I did uh, like a dance routine and a talent show to the soundtrack. So they better have a amazing (laughs) soundtrack because Mm -hmm. that is that is the lifeblood of that original movie is that soundtrack. It's so good. Scorpion is my favorite. I wanted to ask you guys who which one is your favorite, I guess, growing up, like who is your favorite character to play with? And then who do you think looks the best out of the posters that they've showed mine is honestly scorpion both <laughs> nice jim i mean scorpion sub-zero. sub-zero sub-zero for both really for me man yeah, uh, yeah i mean this franchise we know who the who the mascots are favorite <laughs> to uh okay, so favorite to my favorite character is katana oh favorite, yeah uh character to play as um oh man that's hard that's actually hard for me uh mine was sindel to play with I'll what say like shrieking? Jade nice. and Sub Zero probably, but yes. bounce between those because Jade had the staff and like the staff is so good at range. <laughs> it's great. Nice for like Donatello. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. That's those are mine. Well, and there and there are still characters that we believe are in this movie that that you know we have not necessarily seen yet, right? Like I think uh, Natara, uh, we haven't necessarily seen yet. We know Cabal. Uh, is in the movie. There are rumors that Reptile uh, is uh, is in the movie as well. So there's still a lot to be shown for this. I'm excited. I think I, I think it's going to be great. And I would have loved to have seen this in the theater, but it's it's really I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. All right. Now, just because we're putting this out right before the trailer drops, now I'm going to give you guys a preview of the future and my initial trailer reaction. So after seeing the Mortal Kombat trailer in the future, I got to say the action looks good. The production looks good. The costumes look good. I'm wondering about the story angle and how much time we get to spend in Outworld and, and Otherworld and Outworld, whatever it's called in this one. But uh, otherwise, I think it's going to be a solid pick for HBO Max. Looks like the video game curse could be broken. Yes. Oh, that is a bold claim, Kofi. You heard it here first. Well, I live in the future, Jim. I fear nothing. Well, <laughs> to be fair, Sonic broke Sonic broke the video game curse, but we're you know that's also moving right a very, along. After a very <laughs> lengthy uh, thread in the gaming chat, it seems uh, some think the Tex Pikachu broke it. So, <laughs> so you know, we'll we'll see. I guess the the curse is uh, different all around. <laughs> Look, I love Detective Pikachu. That movie did not break. I mean, it didn't break. It didn't. It's not that it didn't. It was didn't succumb to the Sonic curse. Sonic was didn't good. Break it. But yeah, Sonic was great. Sonic yeah. made a ton of money. Doom, Doom broke it. Stop. Okay, let Kofi continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ridiculous show today. All right, moving right along. Disney's Cruella trailer. Matt, you, I mean, I'm betting you could, say you, Man, you could say something positive here because you are our Disney guy. So, what did you think of the Cruella trailer? I loved it. There See? we go. There it is. All right. Yeah. I, I Good. Really I was wondering it. who that trailer was for, and <laughs> I guess now I know. It was for me. And no, Charlie Ridge, or who, I think it's Jamie said it. No, Jamie, it's not. They didn't turn Corella into Harley Quinn. As no, 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 you're right. It's Disney's, you're right. It's Disney's Joker. Oh, no. I was um, going to say, this is kind of the is. Uh, fantabulous emancipation of one Corella Duvel, is what I saw. <laughs> it kind of is. But, like, this is one I care about. <laughs> Like, I mean, I down to the burning building. Hey, so. since, since, based on the conversation before this show, let me just remind all of you fun people that this lady murders dogs for a living. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's. I was going to ask you guys about that. Is are they still going to like murder dogs? They better I mean, address that. that. Oh, uh, no, but I wrote it in my notes. I said, well, they still show that she butchers dogs. Well, like, here's the thing. It's an it's her origin story. So who yeah. knows, really? It doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to have that. They do obviously are going to tease it a lot throughout. We even right. saw it in the trailer. <laughs> dogs hate her. She's looking at dogs. Like there is going to be the like connotation there. But I don't. I don't Look, think they're actually from the, going from to. the very beginning. This was a weird, like I get it. Right. Because they obviously they made money with Mel, uh, Maleficent and they want to, you know, go down this road of, you know, spotlighting the Disney villains and whatever. Cruella is just one that just hits a little too close to home for it to be yeah. like, uh, you know, just well, I, 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 look, Emma Stone looks great. She looks great in it. Uh, and I think the, you know, like the production of it actually looks really good. Uh, I, just, I have no home. idea what we're getting into story wise. I agree. Well, I think we're home? getting into a story that is a proud proclamation for everybody who's not like a weird dog simp. I think this will be good for it. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> people, <laughs> people who aren't like weird dog simps have had. Yeah, to I love my years. dog. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. People who don't love dogs as much, this will be a great movie for us. You know, I'm just it's kidding. It's just I love such dogs. an interesting villain to choose that's to a, highlight. It just isn't what, what wouldn't be my first choice. Is it's just kind of a standard movie, but at the very last scene, there's this kind of controversial sequence where she gets bit by a Dalmatian at the very end and uh, she beats uh, it to death in an alleyway. Cool. Yeah. And Disney's kind of having trouble kind of doing the scene with the bottle and the blood and the dog beating. And it's like very controversial. Wow. Mm. I'm just kidding. I made that last part. Up. <laughs> you should have well, seen the look dude, on my face. If you were I have, that was the we best part. Like, it. Yeah. I know. Okay. Not that scene. I, I don't want that scene. Uh, no. That scene of this movie. I, I am excited for this one because Emma Stone is great in just about everything. So I will mm -hmm. always give her the benefit of the doubt in a movie. Yep. I also, Same. I enjoy, like I enjoy Maleficent. Like I'm one of its, 
defenders. Okay, I know there's like five of us, but I'm one of its defenders. I like those movies. So I enjoy when they explore things with villains who don't get a ton of you know screen time other than just being super villainy and nah, we're ruling the world. So I, I like this. I, I am down for a, a Joker ish take yeah I'm that's kinda, that it has that vibe i can't i mean i can't deny i'm it. down with it well, i'm with zuby mcdaddy in the comments i'm down with it if cruella gets a moment to say we live in a society <laughs> okay. no, no. all right <laughs> moving on <laughs> all right moving right along from cruella to wandavision let's talk wandavision so we're coming into wandavision, WandaVision. we just seen episode six and all new halloween spooktacular we're getting ready for episode seven um a lot of stuff happened in episode six we're not going to go back through all of a recap we have the uh phase zero podcast with brandon davis and jim and jamie jirak every friday for those instant wandavision recaps go listen to that they break down a whole lot of great stuff um, we're going to talk about theories after episode six, where everybody is going into episode seven on a variety of topics. So let's just get into it. Uh, how did you guys, we left off talking about Pietro, Quicksilver, Evan Peters. Uh, this was the first episode where we got to see him in this kind of 90s sitcom, Malcolm in the middle and Malcolm in the middle is a 90s sitcom just for the record. It came out in 2000, but the time period, obviously it couldn't talk to you about the 2000s since they were just unfolding. So it's talking about the nineties. So it's a 90s mm-hmm. sitcom. All right, so we got the Malcolm in the Middle thing and got Evan Peters, Quicksilver. What did you guys think? Was he a little too on the nose devilish for you? Are you into these Mephisto theories? What are you guys thinking? I keep leaning more onto into Nightmare than than Mephisto, I think, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but I will say, you know, the thing that um, I didn't notice until uh, Chris Killian uh, hosted Daily Distraction every day on Instagram uh, – pointed out was with the the commercial uh, where the shark you know obviously oh, yeah. is kind of already has like the quicksilver-ish colors and uh makes the comment you know like hey there little dude and then immediately after that evan peters is also like hey there little dude um or like right on little dude or something like that mm-hmm. that like i think you know get is clearly too coincidental for it not to be. Well, uh, yeah. A Let's thing. talk about the commercial because that one threw a lot of people, and that was that one, one, of the first that one was dark. That one like threw a lot me of people, out. and I had to kind of break that down first in the middle of the night, and I was just, had a whole clipboard full of theories. But basically, what we see in that Yo Magic commercial is the proverbial Faustian bargain, right? If you don't know what a right. Faustian bargain is, it's a bargain with a devil or a devilish figure that you make where they give you something you think you want while taking something really important away from you. Um, what was it we were just talking about that they just kind of went through this whole thing and did this? Uh, anyway, I don't remember. But you get something <laughs> like really important, but you lose something very cru- – oh, it was Wonder Woman 1984, right. That was oh, – okay, yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 was the whole same thing. It's a Faustian bargain. You get back uh, you know, Steve Trevor, but you lose the power and the things that make you this exceptional person that really – are the necessity of what you are. So that's what a Faustian bargain is. So the commercial shows a boy, oh, he's on an island. He says he's so hungry, he'll eat anything. And that's the kind of key tip off because it's a Faustian bargain usually comes at a point where somebody says, kind of loses all restrictions and moral code and everything and says, I'm so desperate, I'll do anything. And the devil appears like, ah, yes, you know, you know, whatever. The key to the kind of shark thing was that the, yog- the yogurt's called Yo Magic, but it, I mean, for everybody who doesn't speak 90s Ebonics, that is literally like your. your. <laughs> and he basically tells her that he used to be kind of powerless until he found some magic to snack on. And she asks, can I have some? And he gives her this thing that seemingly looks like it's going to be this great power up, this thing. But she can't. the kid can't access it. And he keeps trying and trying and trying. And as the days go on, and he withers away and dies. But the shark tells him that basically I'm feeding off this. Now that I'm eating this, I have time to do whatever I want. And I don't have to be wherever he was trapped or done doing whatever before. And it seems like this commercial is the first time that we are actually seeing what's happening in present action to Wanda, Mm -hmm. that something in her grief made her kind of reach out and say, Hey, I would do anything to do, you know, get out of this. And the question is who appeared to answer that call and and to do that. And I think that's commercial. And the reason why it's claymation and so far from live action is to, you know, layer up the secrecy so people don't make the connection that this is recent events. This is something that happened right. metaphorically to Wanda recently. Um, and 
going with Adam Barnhart, our own Adam Barnhart's theory that these commercials are all connected to the Infinity Stones. This to me was the Soul Stone. The Soul mm-hmm. Stone is a Faustian bargain. That's what we learned yeah. in Infinity War. You can only get it and access its power if you are willing to give up this thing that's most important to you. And mm-hmm. Thanos uses it at the end in that last scene in Infinity War. He says, you know, Gamora's little soul thing says, what did it cost? And he says, everything, you know, he had yep. to give up everything. So my takeaway is that's what's happening to Wanda. And we have not learned, and they have, I mean, the commercials are first in, that there is a mortal threat to Wanda happening at this time. That while she's spending the days in Westview doing all this, something is feeding on her power and it's eventually going to be harmful to her. Yeah. Or is being harmful to her, even though she doesn't recognize it right now. So that was my takeaway of the commercial. It's a really good point. Do you think it's connected to the fact that she is seemingly losing control or like in the fact that like, you know, they show when vision is going to the outer edges of the neighborhood, people weren't moving or there was, you know, the glitch or whatever is that, uh, do we think that's a result of her maybe losing her, you know, her hold on that stuff because whatever this thing is, is, is feeding on her, her magic energy or is that. I think the magic, the magic itself is the thing, right? Yeah. We haven't defined Mm -hmm. what that is, but that's the kind of MacGuffin here. I think at the beginning of the show, she, I think it's just a, it's like a power transfer, right? So like if you got two bodies next to each other, says one's at zero, one's full of gas, right? And one mm-hmm. sticks a hose in the other and starts sucking out, you know, the gas. And it's like, what percentage are we transferring? And I think as the show goes on, Wanda's losing more and more control because something is taking more and more of the power and, and is in control of it. Absolutely. She is not. And that's because, just my theory. Because you're, because I agree with you. Um, because you're talking though about, because all the hints have not been of the typical bargain, which is, Yes, that commercial had like soul stone, right? It has that theme. But I don't think that if we were talking about Mephisto, we'd be talking about her soul. Because that is essentially what Mephisto ultimately wants is damnation for everything, <laughs> to rule it all, and then your soul. Yeah. For this, the things, especially like there's like nightmare pops up twice in the episode, like that that word pops up numerous mm-hmm. times, right? Um because of that, I think it's more leaning towards nightmare as mm-hmm. the bargain is your magic for what you want. You essentially feed me and they're going to kind of spin that character a little bit of a different way, um, especially. And I have to be careful here, <laughs> especially when like uh, you start working like Agatha in to the mix and stuff like that. I, I think mm-hmm. there's, I think it leans towards nightmare, which also makes more sense because um, you can still tease Mephisto because night, you know what I mean? Nightmares mm-hmm. yeah, evolved. You're, you're teasing all yep. these things, but he can be the more Thanos, like far out threat and, and nightmare overall threat that leads into Dr. Strange too. That's cool. Because we know that Scarlet Witch is going to be a part of that and like that, that these are going to be connected in some way, right? So I, I think Nightmare is the better option. Also, just happy for Nightmare if that's the case, because like Nightmare doesn't get a ton of shine. <laughs> so then he's gonna get a platform is nice. I also question based on the commercial with the shark whether the Soul Stone wasn't always housing this kind of either a, a presence or a doorway to something else. Yeah. That it was yeah. just a conduit for this. But in between, and that's why it had the bargain and all the dark stuff around it and like, you know, all of that. All right. So my also my theory that kind of goes along with this is why what what is this magic? Because Wanda casually name drops magic in this for the first time. Mm-hmm. She, says she threatens Pietro. If you don't, you know, act right while you're trick or treating with the kids, I'll magic you into uh, some kind of fish. Right. So what is magic is defined by the MCU is, is a very good question. I've been kind of working on this theory that. While the Infinity Stones won't return as we saw them, that the kind of resonant energies and all of that of those stones and the primordial energies, Wanda's one of the people who can still access that. And the other people who can play with those energies, that's what we're going to learn is like the MC mm-hmm. version of quote unquote magic is people who can harness even in small part these primordial energies of like the Infinity Stones and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like more and more we see like hints that there are multiple Infinity Stones kind of at work, or at least the powers of them are very kind of similar. The Reality Stone seems to be becoming more and more obvious. 
Um, her sudden ability just to increase the bubble makes me think like there's a power stone energy somewhere in here that she can just exponentially increase her power. You know, we've done some of the other breakdowns, but um, yeah, in some ways I think they're going to play up this whole idea from the comments of Wanda being this quote unquote nexus being who, and what that means across realities and dimensions and stuff that she is kind of like the key, the, the, you know, the keyhole to a lot of this stuff. What do you guys think? Jim, get deeply comic geeky on me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, look, that's, that's the thing. The, the question always is, even in the comics is just how powerful is Wanda? And we've seen her at so many different levels of power that I like that it's still a question. Like just when you think, you know, oh, okay, maybe we're at a limit here or or we've seen what you can do. Something happens that causes, you know, something else um, to to do. And I, and I don't want to take away from the fact that like, you know, this, this, what I have loved about this show is it is tackling like themes like grief and 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 things like in in a way that I don't think anyone kind of expected from from Marvel or or whatever and so the we it, it, you bring up an interesting point with the Infinity Stones and and like their latent energy or whatnot because like look we it, we know just with strange, right? Like his ability to, to harness the, the time stone and how uh, the, you know, they've, they've been watching over that one and what that, um, what the role of the time stone has with uh, the masters of the mystic arts with, uh, you know, in, on, on that front. And so, um, it, you know, what, what's that, what's that saying? Like, you know, what's the, the, the rule of uh, energy, right? It can neither be created nor destroyed, but Just transferred um, or transformed, tra- mm-hmm. transferred or transformed. And so I think that's uh, what happened. But like uh, the, que- the only question I have that is like, theoretically, the stones have not been destroyed. Like they're back. They've no, been they've replaced. At, they've been atomized. Thanos couldn't destroy them. So he just, he basically crumbled them into their, into atoms and spread them across and just threw them out in the universe somewhere. Right, and that's what I've been saying. Of, wasn't the whole point of Endgame to go back and get them and then put them back? Uh, I don't put them back in their, in, in their, their proper time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, no, right. the so, modern, right. so the events the of MCU, infinity yeah. war still happened. The yeah. stones are gone. They're not any, okay. But they're right. not, but that's what Sorry. I keep saying. Like gone is an operative word. Right. They were they're not gone. physical stones anymore. No, they were gone from being physical stones to just yeah. being these kind of atomized energies across energy. the universe. And if there's one person I keep saying who can collect that energy or channel it, it's going to be Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think she and I think we even put out a story that said Wanda is the new Infinity Gauntlet. And I think in a way that's what we're seeing. She is the new big kind of mystical MacGuffin big power in the universe somehow. And I think we're going to figure out all of this as this go along. All right. Ooh. Last thing before we move on from WandaVision. What are you guys betting? Because BD has been out there putting this out there hard that Monica Rambo's mysterious aerospace engineer is going to be Reed Richards, John Krasinski. What do you guys think? We're going to find I don't want it. it. I don't want wow. it. Wow. The Keep Spice. It. The Spice. I'm with Jim on that. I no, there don't are think so many other it. better options. You don't need Reed Richards to yes. be introduced if in WandaVision. He walks onto WandaVision for the first time, bringing Reed Richards into the MCU. People are going to lose their minds. People are going to lose their minds regardless right. of where Reed Richards shows up. And I don't think it serves the. I don't think he it serves the story. Something bigger. I don't think I, it serves. The, yeah. I don't think it serves WandaVision. I think it will be too much of a distraction. Black mm-hmm. Widow picture as a sexy secretary. I, I think we can. <laughs> there is no. But haven't we learned from those days? <laughs> but, like, but that's but like. But like, that's the thing. Yeah, you don't think, need epic entrances. <laughs> like you know, Charles entrance was in a it was in a UN meeting. Like it wasn't like some epic thing. Like it, yeah. I don't care if they they put a a big name character there. I just don't think like having Reed Richards does nothing for for a lot of. Marvel, unless you're a just a you, unless you're just a, a big name hunter or you just like the Fantastic Four, what does Reed Richards bring to this story? <laughs> unless right. you just want to see a splashy name, which is great for the five seconds it lasts, and then it's like, oh, well, what does he bring to the story? Absolutely nothing. A terrible father and husband. 
There you go. <laughs> so like, no, I don't want him. I think I don't want there, him in there. There are no, there are another of 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 other possibilities that aren't you know nearly as um, as uh, as you know attractive or sexy or whatnot, right? But I think totally normal fits for this stuff. I think include Hank Pym. I think they include uh, Rhodey. Uh, I think they. Um, you know, they look Hank Pym makes total sense because Hank Pym was totally involved in the whole vision quest story, right? He was, he was involved in helping rebuild vision, but I don't know. Reed Richards to me feels no, nobody's popping off for trending topics too much on, on Hank Pym. Come on, stop it. Well, stop. I mean, sh- I mean, no, but, but, like, but we already know we, we heard this is going to be a Luke Skywalker Mandalorian but I, level, but I think this is the yeah. thing that they're saying so that when Benedict Cumberbatch shows up, they're like, oh, there it is. Look, former Avenger. I mean, I'd be really pumped about that. (laughs) You cynical bastards. Do you think we'll get the Luke Skywalker reveal in this episode? Don't you think that's too like on the? I feel like we wouldn't get that big reveal. We'll get it. I don't think we'll get it this. I don't think we'll get it this week. We may. Yeah, I don't think anybody talking knows when we'll get it, how we'll get it, or where who we will be. That's what I think. All right. Mm Let's keep moving on, and uh, we're going to talk some comics before we get out of here. Uh, first of all, somebody mentioned in the comments, so yes, let's address this really quick. It is exciting. We are getting new comic series set in the continuity of Batman 1989 and Superman 78, the movies, uh, the iconic movies that really define those characters coming into the 80s. So we're going to get a new comic series, uh, t- new comic series set in those continuities. That's I don't part really of that is that, that Quinones sketch where. The one where it's the old school uh, Bruce Wayne with the red and black, like he had the black like Under Armour. Oh, the I toy! That the, figure. It was the toy. Yeah, yeah, I owned that figure, and I was like, "Oh my god!" The fact that it's like making its way into the comics is amazing. <laughs> so, so, I mean, Dude, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. I, I'm more excited for the Batman '89 than I am for the Superman '74 or whatever. But hey, look, then the thing that gets me gets me excited is. In the news, they say like they have a plan to show what happens to Harvey Dent, and I want to see what Billy D. Williams's Two Face would have looked like oh, on a comic page. On a comic, sure, on a comic, but whatever. It's still in, it's in continuity. For the record, these are some of the people that had a problem with Zack Snyder's Justice League just being a fan <laughs> sort of thing. No, I did not <laughs> have a problem. Yeah, with I know. I love. I'm excited I'm just for it. Okay, but we're gonna move on. So yeah. We're excited for that. That is a thing that's happening. We just wanted to kind of uh, talk to you guys. Matt, the take us through is this Batman week. 89 was good. And <laughs> we want to return to that world. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you gotta take us through this week's books. Let's, let's start on the, the Marvel side. Yes, uh, yes. Let's, let's, talk let's, talk, let's talk about sour nostalgia in this week's yeah. uh, comments. <laughs> yeah. That's a good place to start. X-Men Legends. Let's talk sour nostalgia. <laughs> oh, I think I froze. Oh, oh, like right, so we we'll can talk- hear you loud and clear. Okay, yeah, well, cool. so anyway. It totally froze for me. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, uh yeah. So uh moving into comics. Yeah, let's let's stay with Marvel and let's go ahead and stay with King of Black number four. Uh, I know this has been a big hit, and uh this issue got got pretty crazy. Uh we oh by the way, spoiler. Oh, and oh, he's gone. And he's gone. <laughs> we do have spoilers <laughs> right. ahead. So, spoilers <laughs> ahead for uh, for the comics. King and Black. Black. Yeah. King, King and Black. King and Black Four. This look. This is an issue that did a lot. I think you know, to, at least to me, to move the story uh, a bit more forward. Um, and I think it's it's an interesting one where Ryan Stegman is so on top of his game right now that good golly that book is just gorgeous Uh, it just keeps getting better this whole thing just better and better and better yeah and and i think that's it and like look this is a this is an instance where you've got two creator you know you have a whole creative team right because it's not just the the writer in the artist you have a whole creative team that are truly firing on all cylinders you know ryan is doing a lot of heavy lifting with with showing the visuals but you don't have those visuals obviously without uh donnie and uh you know coming up with them and and figuring out that and so this is just it's it's a, a another good issue in a big event story that makes it feel like a, a, a big event so i think you're underplaying uh, that stegman is a huge part of this don't get me wrong because stegman oh. is great but <laughs> kate's does most of the heavy lifting here for me it's it's the it's the whole like that opposite the fact that you and we got on the spoiler territory so the fact that yeah. captain universe they like 
found a way to like really bring that like full circle and lay all that out for the to me the person who's not been like if if someone reads this book and doesn't necessarily understand that they still understand what it means to this particular story they don't have to have all the captain universe backlog to understand that this opposite of null and like tying all that in i think is really that was really well done donnie ever do with captain universe yeah well but that's what donnie does well right donnie is 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 great at kind of taking a um taking something turning it on its head and and just you know prov- you know giving us a different view or idea on how this could be, and I think that's what Donnie does that incredibly well. Yeah, so I feel like that needs to be because the art is gorgeous, and like, but like the moment of like seeing Surfer like have the light and goes, oh, like you don't you're not looking for me. Like there's so many cool things, and hey, a, a positive note for Reed Richards. I like that sequence. There you go. He doesn't get very many. He's like beast. He's a jerk almost all the time, but he got one. So good for him. Uh, what did everybody else uh, think of this issue? Dr. Strange turns into Jason Momoa. <laughs> uh, That's all I can think about. I was very confused, but I liked it. I'm like, all right. He just got even hotter. Uh, that was my big moment for me on this comic. I was so pumped when he turned into a quote unquote God, uh, and just really cool, really cool comic. I've had a couple people kind of approach me and say, Janelle, I, I listen to the podcast. I don't, I don't know where to start with comic books. I feel really like you, I feel like a noob and I feel uncertain. How did you do it? I go, well, first of all, there are two things you read what's coming out. Uh, which is what Matt hands to me on a silver platter every week, thankfully. But then you just find a hero that you really like and you go with it. You jump in wherever you can and you roll with it. Doctor Strange is my is my favorite. So I started with Doctor Strange right now. I'm reading into Vision and any appearance of Doctor Strange in any other comic makes me very excited. Uh, once you find your favorite, you're just going to like freak out. And so that was my big moment in King and Black on top of it just being amazing. And I love the cliffhanger. Completely agree, by the way. You you find a character that you love and you just dive into them. Yeah. And they will typically open the doors to other characters that are kind of like them you will find a few that you love very quickly that would so love that Kofi yeah. Marvel. I hate to be that guy but I think King and Black is just kind of devolving into typical Marvel crossover territory now mm. um, I thought it was kind of unique and fun in the beginning this I don't hate what's happening here but it's just kind of like yeah, you know, it's, like I said, it's typical comic book. I guess it, it's very much it's very much mid chapter, right? And I think the, really what'll what'll come down to is can can they stick the landing? Like, what does this do for the future of the MCU or not MCU, the Marvel universe, and and what ripple effect will it have? Because that to me is how I've always you know judged the uh, efficacy of you know of these big events is you know where does it put good word the Marvel universe. <laughs> that's okay that's a good word um yeah i uh i yeah i'm i must i'm one of the i i really i really actually dug this issue mostly i think also too what helped is that it's nice to have the x-men back into the fold of an event like empire yes they were like a part of it but it was kind of over here still and all the krakoa stuff was really dominating all their time and here it's kind of nice to have like cyclops and storm and the marauders kind of on the fringe so i actually enjoyed that so let's move on to the other uh x-men centric title uh because x-men legends is completely different from (laughs) this book uh it dives back into essentially taking place uh during kind of the one of the many classic runs of the x-men and kind of Sort of picks up where things left off, but like they're getting to explore things that they didn't get to explore. Oh, and, like, man. Things. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Including the third Summers brother. Okay. Um, yeah. Adam X wasn't cool in the 90s. He looked, like cool on the, he looked like Poochie on The Simpsons, like something <laughs> that creators tried to create to like oh. reflect 90s edge. Backwards hat, <laughs> dude. Like, you know, like, and, I I don't know. I just feel like this issue, if anything, is like it feels like I know they're being earnest and serious, but it feels like a parody of 90s Marvel comics. <laughs> it's just a thing that makes you realize how ridiculous it all was. 
that havoc outfit was ridiculous. The leather <laughs> jacket and the head harness and the hair coming up. Like it was all ridiculous. The artwork. I, I mean, I didn't enjoy, I don't like the throwback artwork. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Kind it, of dialogue. It, it makes it hard to read. Like, Going back to '90s comics is sometimes hard to do because. To be of, fair, like, though, that was '90s comics. It was a lot no, of dialogue no, they, and crazy yeah. designs. Yeah, no, they did a very good job of recreating '90s comics. As somebody who came into comics at that period, they did a great job of recreating it. But yeah. it just, like I said, if it, it had a parody effect, it was like, man, I was really reading some ridiculous crap in the '90s. Like <laughs> that's what it made me think. And seeing this didn't make me feel any better. I mean, this just seems like the lamest mystery. Um, that is just going to get a lame answer that is not going to affect anything because obviously the fandom chose long ago to ignore this Adam X branch of the story. Uh, and yeah. I, I am like, not here for the Adam X rehabilitation project. Yeah. Like just and let, every, him, and let him be a relic. That's, that's all he is good for. And I think the comic is so funny and self owns itself in the scenes where Adam X was always this ambitious mutant power they were trying to explore, but they could never really figure out what to do with. And this comic just sees him building up several times. (laughs) Like several times he's like building up to use this epic power thing and it just completely craps out. Like it's just like, oh, I guess I'm not gonna electrocute their blood. (laughs) Like I'm like, yeah, waiting was for this shot. I was waiting for this money shot of the blood electrocution. It's just like he can't even pull it off now. I'm like, dude, it's like that was a, what? Weird, that was like a very 30 years line. later, and we're still waiting for this epic blood electrocution stuff. So I don't know, man. I don't I think this is right up there with the kind of the black and white series. It's just like creator indulgence over fans, you know, service. Mm-hmm. It it was very wordy and it was it was hard to grasp. As kind of like Boring a new and confusing are all right words to use on this. Show. <laughs> I have found that most of the X Men comics that I've been j- trying to jump into are are very hard to get into because I don't know that world. I thought I did just from like the watching the cartoons as a kid, and you know, obviously, like once or twice you know, watch throughs the movies, but it, the, the comics have such a huge and entangled world of this X-Men universe thing that I, I feel very overwhelmed by the amount of information that's thrown at me. So they can, I can tell that in this comic, they tried to like, be like, Oh, the explanation for this is this. And they, they tried to spell it out, but there is just so much to take in that it is hard for like a casual reader to just like jump right in. I am intrigued by Adam, but I don't know him. So I don't have any context whatsoever. And I think he seems like a hippie in on a farm and I love it. I think that's cool. Like he see, seems I think that's meditating. Yeah, yeah. I think it benefits you that you don't have the baggage yeah. that some of us others do. I think that's a good right. thing. And I actually think you're probably one who can really Actually, what would be very interesting is at the end of this, like after the end of this kind of run, yeah, I would be interested to see like what you think. Like, did it? Do you like that character? Did it work? Right. Because I don't think me, Kofi, and Jim are going to be the ones to be able to really <laughs> judge that without bias. Um, yeah. I I enjoyed this issue. I actually really like this, and I and I, but I like it for all the things like Kofi totally said. Like all of that's true. Like the costumes are ridiculous. The artwork is very 90s, even though I will defend yeah. 90s X-Men artwork to my like, dying day. Uh, like, like all it. of that is very much that. But but I was in. I was like, look, I, I want to see what you come up with. Because like we already have a third Summers Brother. Like this whole mystery started and ended. And then they gave us Gabriel, who is Vulcan, who is the third Summers Brother. And then they like left this to die. Right. So like <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious to see what they do there. You know how because all this happens in continuity, so that it's an it's I'm morbidly curious, but I will I love that having costume, so that I will <laughs> I always defend that. There are just four um, of them. Corsair never stops screwing, and we find out there's infinite number of summers out there in the universe. <laughs> I mean, that would be the easiest way to do it. Oh, it's just a fourth. It's just a fifth. Like it's all done. Um. So yeah. So let's move from he's a bastard. <laughs> Marvel, uh, to DC, and we're gonna talk, uh, Batman, That's Catwoman. Why his name is Adam X. He's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk Batman, Catwoman. Um, starting with, uh, you know, starting with Janelle. What did you think of the issue? Um, I'm still enjoying the story. 
Honestly, out of all of them, I kind of forgot this one the most. Like the story mm-hmm. didn't really stick with me after the original, the last um, book where we had Catwoman, elderly Cat Catwoman going to elderly Joker. Like I just, I didn't, I I can't even really wrap my head around this next one. Like why why is it needed? I guess just to introduce their daughter. Is that is that why? I mean, uh, kind of yeah. essentially like, well, I mean, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, there's a it whole, was good. It, it wasn't was, terrible. I'm on the opposite. And this was my most interesting book this week. Wow. Um, I liked, I think this was the first book out of this Batman Catwoman series that begins to converge these three storylines in a kind mm-hmm. of pointed way that I actually feel like Tom King can stick the landing to this um, because what it essentially does the Helena Wayne, let's just say that was cool in and of itself, just to see Helena Wayne, you know, who's Helena Wayne, who's been this kind of halfway in, halfway out of continuity character for for since like the golden age, finally mm-hmm. kind of make her full continuity debut as as Batwoman after her father dies. That was cool. Um, I'm not going to get into the costume. Some people have a real problem with the costume. That's a smaller issue. What I thought was good is I now understand why there are three timelines and the kind of golden age Batman timeline makes a lot more sense because this has to do, it's almost like a weird three romantic triangle with Catwoman, And it's not romantic, but it's like her lawyer, her allegiance to Batman versus her allegiance to Joker. And they reveal that there, there has been both. She has been playing both sides for, for many years since the beginning. And this issue really brought it home about how deep she got into it with Joker in terms of keeping the secret um, from the early days, knowing what kind of psycho he was going to be, knowing what kind of horrible things he was going to do and still having this deal with him on the side that she then now becomes a secret. She has to kind of carry throughout life that she doesn't ever want Batman to find out Um, that made it interesting. And it makes the drama across the timelines interesting. And so I thought this this and the kind of future setting with seeing this cat and mouse game between Helena and and Selena was very interesting. Just them at a dinner conversation, knowing that Helena kind of is on to her killing Joker, but is lying about it and is not telling her mother and their relationship alone. I would watch I would read a comic with just them in it after Bruce is dead, because that was really interesting stuff. So I'm actually digging what Tom King is doing here, because I, I like that this is a that he's introduced Joker as kind of like. Like I said, like almost like somebody Catwoman's not having an affair with, but like this yeah, infidelity to her relationship to Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Are we not that, talking I, about the costume? What's that? Are we I, not going to talk about the, the biggest part about this costume? I said I wasn't going to get into it, but <laughs> if you want to, go for it. I mean, it's just, I, I, I guess we should explain what it is. Apparently, there's been a lot of controversy about uh, Helena. Is that, am I saying it right? Helena. About the costume. Helena. And um, and honestly, like, it's not that big of a deal to me, personally. Like, I was like, oh. It, I mean, I, I get what they're doing. They're doing the cat suit with, bat, they're combining the two. But the only thing that really bothered me was just the belly button thing. It just like, no, why, why are you showing the belly button? <laughs> Uh, how did you guys feel about that? <laughs> no, that was weird. I think, look, I, uh, it's a choice. Clay, Clay, Clay can do some, some great stuff. I do feel like his stuff does feel a little too posed and I believe over time, uh, can be a bit over designed. Um, and I think this just is, is a result of that. And I think this is under designed. I, I mean, well, just, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, there's no pants, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, but I didn't have so much. I mean, like, here's the thing. I've seen a bunch of terrible costumes uh, over the years in comics. Some like this, where it feels like it, it. I didn't, I wasn't even like offended. It was just more like uh, it felt incomplete. You know, it felt yeah. like there was just something like it wasn't, it was just, wasn't a all the way thought out design uh, for everything. But at the same time, like I, I understand, like, it's a it's a thing that happens a lot in comics and so especially with you know women yeah and so yeah i mean i i totally understand why people were yeah. like not digging it and why people very quickly took to like adding pants and like adding these other things <laughs> and it's just uh i think it's just the way man drew it it just like came off as like some people looking like oh it looks like she's not wearing anything she clearly yeah. is the entire jumpsuit but yeah but, yeah, but I get uh, it. Yeah, I, I always get weirded out by these conversations because it just seems like we pick and choose these things. Like, yeah. 
if there's a huntress <laughs> costume and this is not like more you know risque or something to that it just looked like catwoman's old gray leotard costume yeah with a batman harness on top with underneath the yeah, belly button right. i don't know like if you wanted to show she had such great abs that you could see her belly button i don't think that's a real anatomical feature of wearing yeah, skin no. tight suits but no, it's weird. yeah um, it's just a weird show. it's just it didn't dangerous. bother me it didn't bother me so i know we need to uh to close out so what i will say about batman catwoman is i, I kind of i agree with both uh janelle and kofi i really enjoy the future stuff i love seeing helena who was an Earth 2 character, kind of, you know, seeing some of that explored in the main continuity, which is really cool. Um, and that back and forth with her mom, I love that. And I also, you know, agree, like, it feels like some of those timelines are starting to converge. I still feel like maybe we didn't need that third one, like we were kind of talking about last time, but I, I like where it's going. This wasn't my favorite issue of the series, but I still enjoyed it. Um, just real quick uh, to mention a couple of comics this week, I wanted to shout out Excellence is back, number 10. Uh, it took a hiatus, but it is now back. So definitely, uh, if you've been waiting a few months uh, to get back on that train, definitely do so. Uh, and then the finale to We Live uh, came out. And I'm telling you, like, that is a series. That's five issues you should definitely check out if you are just even remotely into sci-fi. Uh, it's just a, a really cool issue. So uh, definitely check those out. But that's comics. All right. My quick mentions are some movies. Uh, like I said, I rewatched the Snyderverse stuff, Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, Ultimate Edition. I think it's worth a rewatch before Justice League comes out uh, just to kind of see how the vision has aged over the years and when we're removed from all the Internet chatter and all that stuff. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is on HBO Max is one of their same day releases. That is excellent movie. Um, starring uh, Daniel Kalula and Lakeith Stanfield um, about Fred Hampton, the Black Panthers. That's a great one. I finally sat down because in all my award season coverage, me and Charlie are on awards group here in Nashville. And, uh, you know, we have to see all these kind of awards movies. I never watched Palm Springs on Hulu with uh, Andy Samberg. Mm. Uh, that's a great movie. Go check oh. that out. Ooh, Palm yeah, Springs is really great. Okay. It's a kind of it's basically Groundhog's Day with a romantic comedy angle to it but it's actually really well done andy sandberg's really good and the girl from how i met your mother i forget her name is who played the mother in the end is uh is the female lead in oh, there nice. it's really good um yeah. so check that out. and also as you saw may have saw on twitter i trashed the promise neverland anime um i don't know what that series did this is very esoteric inside baseball so i'm gonna say is that anime is trash they trashed the manga <laughs> I don't ever support that anime anymore. And yeah, don't watch it. All right, that'll be it for me. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, new episodes go live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern time. If you missed a live show, you can watch on YouTube or you can watch or listen or watch on comicbook.com when we post this episode later today. If you want to follow the show, be sure to follow us at the Comic Book Nation Twitter account or subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can even tell your smart home devices to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll start playing for you. If you want to talk to us individually, as if you're watching, you can see our, our uh, names here in our Twitter handles. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And I am at Jim Biscardi. Boom, right there. Oh, I got the finger point perfect. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode. As I said, if you are enjoying these, be sure to subscribe to our whole podcast universe. We have a wild Pokemon has appeared on Mondays for our Pokemon podcast. Comic Book Nation on Wednesdays here to give you that deep cut geek news. And for all the big events going on in Marvel and blockbuster movies, be sure to check out that Phase Zero podcast on Friday. we got a whole universe for you guys. Otherwise, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Peace. See you. Bye, guys.